Magandang umaga po sa inyong lahat. We will be praying shortly and uh, I'd like you to think of the people you know who were severely affected by the pandemic. Probably they are sick or they have a loved one who is sick or they have lost their work. Many were laid off during the pandemic. Many lost their work. If you know somebody struggling with their business, if a business falls, the employees fall. Remember that. That's why we must pray for those who own businesses. And praise God for those who have tried their best to maintain their employees or at least give something during this time when they are not earning. We shall also pray for the government and we shall pray for the solution. We shall pray to God because God is sovereign. In Isaiah 4-6, his purpose has been established long ago. Even if we think man created this or the fault of man, we believe all that he purposed, he has purposed before the foundation of the world. We trust in his will, yet we trust that his plan for us will unfold. Let us pray. Father in heaven, you are great, and you are holy, and you are awesome. You are sovereign above all, above all the kingdoms of the world. You, O oh Lord, are the only one we can look to. You are the only one who has the power over everything. You have the power over kings and rulers and presidents and prime ministers. You are the one who has the authority over all diseases and sicknesses. You are the one who has power over salvation. And you have destined and chosen those who would be saved by your grace. You are sovereign of all. Therefore, we come to you confessing our sins, knowing that we have offended you. We have forgotten you. We have not given enough time to your word, to prayer, to our families, to the things that are most important, and we humbly ask for your forgiveness. We have made many excuses saying we were busy, of work, of business, of school, yet neglecting your word, neglecting the preaching of the gospel. Lord, we come to seek for your forgiveness. Yet we know, Lord, because your word says that we can come boldly, yet we come humbly. We can come boldly into the throne of grace because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your word says that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us all our sins. So we have come, Lord, on behalf of our nation, on behalf of our world. Forgive us for not believing in you. Forgive us for suppressing the truth. Not letting the truth come out that indeed you are Lord and King of all. That you have saved the soul of men. Forgive us, O Lord. Forgive us, O Lord, for being timid and afraid to preach your gospel. Forgive us, Lord, for being timid to reach out and to form connections that we may explain the gospel in a more clear way. Forgive us of being afraid, for being timid, O Lord. Lord, we pray, heal our land. Heal the world, O Lord. Bring us to our knees, acknowledging the Lordship of Christ, that he is seated on your right hand above all dominions, above all powers, that in his name, Every knee should bow and tongue confess that he is Lord. Lord, we pray for our loved ones who are sick. 
sick of COVID-19, or sick of other diseases. Lord, heal, we pray. Remove the sickness, remove the disease. But we pray, remove the disease of the soul, which is sin. We pray for the forgiveness of sin. We pray for genuine faith to come upon our sick relatives and friends. We pray for our families, Lord. We pray for faith, true faith, a faith that surrenders, a faith that believes, a faith that follows, a faith that submits. We pray that, Lord, unite our families, make our families strong, strong under you. And for those of us who are believers, lone believers in our families, give us the testimony, the character, and the boldness to share your word. May it be seen in our lives, our day-to-day lives, in our words, in our actions. May they see the power of transformation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, we lift up to you our government. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done upon our president, our vice president. Remove the politicking, Lord, in our nation. And may they focus, Lord, on the agenda, which is to support the Filipino people in this time of great difficulty. Give wisdom to the president. We pray salvation as well. We pray for the cabinet members, especially those who are taking the lead, Lord, the Department of Health, Department of Communication, Transportation. Lord, the DILG, we pray in Jesus' name that you would save, you would give wisdom, you will lead. Even the Department of Finance, give wisdom, Lord. Department of Trade and Industry, how the wisdom to revive the economy. We pray for the Filipino people that instead of focusing on what is, but they could focus on what could be. We thank you for those who have made moves to to start small businesses even plant more crops, vegetables, make us all productive, even at home. Teach us, Lord, how to produce our own food at home, in our small pots or gardens, on empty lands beside us. For you wanted the earth to be replenished. For since the beginning, you wanted men to spread, to take care of the earth. But we have neglected, we have created models that take us far from the earth. And we have totally forgotten. Many families have totally forgotten. We pray for our church community. Strengthen the weak. Give the strong a sense of responsibility. We pray for a deeper relationship with you, a broader and deeper knowledge in your word, a hunger, an insatiable hunger. Wake us up away from from playing church, from seeing this as just motions to go through every Sunday. but under an understanding that you are a jealous God and you want us near. You always want us near. You want us close to your word. You want us thinking of your word and meditating. You want us doing your word. 
forgive us of levity, of taking these things lightly. Holy Spirit, transform us and change us. Thank you for healing the earth. Thank you for allowing us to face our family problems. Thank you for reviving in our hearts the responsibilities of a father and mother and children. Thanking you for teaching us to trust in you alone. For the works of men are limited. Even governments are limited. But you are not. Be glorified this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. I shall be reading from the book of James, chapter 4, verses 1 to 10. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may be seated. God is good. Today we'll be preaching on James chapter 4 and the title of the message is Broken and Humble. Broken and Humble. In the last three sermons, we talked about the sovereign God, that God is sovereign. And I hope you were following because we explained, especially in the first of the series, we explained from Isaiah 4 to 6 that both well-being and calamity come from God. We don't know why he does things at times, but we just have to trust in him. He has established his purpose from long ago. From long ago, before the foundation of the world, his purpose was established and nothing can thwart it. However, the human mind cannot comprehend the ways of God. The natural mind cannot comprehend the things of God. Thus we say, why Lord? The answer to that is sometimes silence. The answer to that is usually trust in my purpose, trust in my will. For the person who is not a spiritual man cannot trust in the will of God, nor can he trust the word of God. He only trusts what he sees. But we acknowledge that God is a sovereign God. We discussed Daniel 9 two Sundays ago. If you follow the sermon, in Daniel 9, clearly it was explained how God raised Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon to discipline Israel. A superpower was raised by God to discipline Israel. And there was a prophecy by Jeremiah that in 70 years they will be scattered 
Thus, the law of Moses was fulfilled, the warning of God that if you disobey me, this will happen. But Daniel, when he prayed, he studied Jeremiah and he studied Moses. And he saw there that up to 70 years was the discipline of God for Israel. Therefore, he prayed. He prayed according to the will of God. So what did God do? He raised the Medo-Persians, another superpower, as Babylon scattered them all over the world. And the policy of Babylon, Israel, Judah cannot return to their home place. But the Medo-Persians God raised and their policies were different. Thus the rebuilding of the temple happened. The people came back to Jerusalem. God is above all powers. He is sovereign above governments. He is sovereign above sickness. Then you ask the human mind, the limited mind, why is God allowing it? He wants to. If you think God doesn't like these things, you might be wrong. If you think God doesn't do these things, you missed Exodus. We preach on Exodus. He killed people. He made them suffer. That is the God we serve. And if you think otherwise, then you have been misled by your own thinking or you have been misled by other preachers that yes, God is a good God, but he never lets sin go unpunished. God has a purpose for everything. Therefore, we trust in the Lord. James chapter 4, 1 to 10, still in connection with the sovereign God. Now, before chapter 4, 1 to 10, in chapter 3, James discussed what? James discussed the taming of the tongue, how the tongue is a small part of your body, but can cause a forest fire. The tongue may be small, but the damage it does is tremendous. So he said, watch your tongue. Then he talked about godly wisdom from above likes peace. Godly wisdom wants peace. Of course, the word of God must be defended, but James is talking to all believers here. He's not talking to everybody. Of course, there are times with the world you cannot have peace because you have a division of doctrine. You believe in Jesus. Not everybody believes. Therefore, we do not want to kill others, even if other religions want to kill Christians. No, but we accept that his word may cause divisions with non-believers, but among believers... James was writing to the scattered Jewish believers that probably were scattered in Acts chapter 8 when Saul of Tarsus persecuted the church and they were scattered. Now, when he wrote to them, he, say, he was reminding them, hey, it now is a time to put into practice your faith. Your faith must produce works. He said to them, be doers of the word, not just listeners of the word. Don't just hear the word. Do it. Now, James, the author of the book of James that bears his name, he is actually the pastor in Jerusalem, one of the influential figures in Jerusalem. When Peter got out of prison miraculously, he told the people, report this to James. And in Acts 15, when there was a dispute in the church about the Gentiles, it was James who stood up and gave a strong speech about what they should do. And James was an earthly brother of Christ, half-brother, actually, through Joseph. Yes, Jesus had brothers. Try to Google it. Now, James, in the Hebrew, it's more closer to Yaakov. So some call him Jacob, the book of Jacob, not really James. You know, I'm, I'm always having a problem with the name James. Because in Tagalog, in the Tagalog Bible... Alam mo, Santiago. Ayoko, hinahanap ko saan si Jaime dito. Eh, Santiago pala. No? So, uh, even from, from the Hebrew, his Hebrew name, to his English name, to the Tagalog, lito-lito. Anyway, we will use James, alright? Uh, and maybe we will start our own Tagalog translation called Jaime. Okay, so I'm just kidding. So, he wrote to Jewish believers and then he taught about many things. If you look at his style, the style of James is very much in the book of Proverbs. Yung style of writing niya, marami siyang practical advices. 
But then he's also spiritual in the sense that he is also like Jesus Christ. In, in the Sermon on the Mount, he adopted a lot of the lessons on the Sermon on the Mount. And you will find it in his letter. You'll find the teachings of Christ and what? And the book of Proverbs in his writing. Now, let's go to point number one. So, as James said before in chapter three, the wisdom of God wants peace among believers. Now, point number one, the source of quarrels and conflicts, conflicts among believers are internal. When I say internal, not inside the church, but internal in the heart. It involves carnality, envy, improper desires, and a lack of prayer. Let's look at verses 1 and 2, James 4, 1 and 2. So what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? In your members means in your body. That wage war in your members. Pleasure. Conflict begins with pleasures that you fight for. Now, I remember, this is not only sensual pleasures, by the way, but different types of pleasures. So I remember when I was a kid, and was a, when I was a kid, the most popular anime, or the only anime that the whole nation would be talking about was Voltes V. You know Voltes V, right? It was a game changer that began, that the anime today found its roots somewhere there. It was amazingly done. The story was in the concept of robots. A robot protecting Earth was just amazing. However, my sister and everybody else at home, Kasambahai, likes watching Annalisa or Flor de Luna, I cannot remember. But one of those, they would really, really are committed to those. And I was committed to Voltes V. And we would fight. And I would fight. And it's like, you keep watching every night. I never get a chance. I fight because I wanted for, I was fighting for my own pleasure. And sometimes fighting for our own pleasure creates conflict. Conflict in church, conflict in the home. The person who is mature and who is wise would love peace. So sometimes, for the sake of peace, you let go of some pleasures for the sake of peace. And so the quarrels among you uh, starts from within. Verse 2. You lust. The word lust here is not necessarily always lust sensual, but you covet. You want something. You desire something. And because you do not have, so you commit murder. Now, the word murder here is not the literal murder. This is, comes from Matthew chapter 5, 21 to 22, when Jesus said, whoever is angry at his brother has committed murder. So this here is you, you, you desire, but you don't have. Therefore, you get angry. And then what? You are envious. And you cannot, you have envy. What's envy? I want that too. Bakit siya lang meron? Gusto ko rin yan. Or, you, you, it pains you when others are doing well and having more things than you. You keep comparing what you have compared to others who are doing well. So what happens? You fight and you quarrel. And another reason is you don't have because you don't ask, meaning you don't pray. You don't have because you don't ask. Now, there's nothing wrong with being inspired by others. I am inspired by others. But I cannot be envious to a point that I have to be like them. You can never be like anybody. God has made all of us unique. Just look at this room. All of us have two eyes, one nose, one mouth, generally two ears. Generally, we have the same things, but each face is unique. When even if you've covered your nose and your mouth, by just by me looking at your eyes, it shows that you are you. You are different. Still unique. But the face is not just that. It's God did not just design our faces to be unique, but our lives to be unique. Thus, we should be praising God for whatever we have. Instead of being envious, 
with others. Just nod your head in amen. We cannot envy. Why? Envy is a dangerous thing that causes a lot of conflict. And it starts very silent. And sometimes we, sometimes others do this, and I do not recommend it. To motivate others, they use envy to motivate this person. Oh, look at him. Oh, look at her. You should be like that. Let's try to adjust that a bit. It's better to inspire somebody to be a better yes, better today than their yesterday. They're competing with one person alone, themselves. And that is always better. You know, competition in sports is wonderful. We like it. We like watching it. And to a point, it's wonderful. I, I, love, I love watching combat sports. I love watching boxing. I love watching MMA. Even fencing. Kendo. I like watching it. Somehow, my past is that. I, I used to fight before, and I found the thrill. Even though you come home with broken ribs and a broken hand, somehow you're still happy during for that day. And you will heal two weeks, three weeks. But still, it exhilarates me before. However, if I am competitive in every area of my life, that is not always good. That is not always good. We be happy with what God has given us instead of being envious. Wisdom understands that God is sovereign and God is a God of plan. And understanding that his will for me is different from the specific design of God for others. Envy is a dangerous thing. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Therefore, we must turn away from envy, carnality, and covetousness or lust, including the lust to control. Instead, we should pray. You know, the lust to control, sometimes we have the tendency. I'm talking to parents. Parents, are you here? We have somehow been guilty of this a little bit, but some of us realize this sooner, some later. Do not judge your parents. You will experience this because sometimes you can't define the line when they're growing up. They keep growing year after year after year. And somehow, because you have more than one child, you cannot analyze everybody. They have shifted. I cannot give my daughter a Barbie doll today. She won't appreciate it. She shifted already. There's certain things I can expect from them when they were little, but there are certain things as they grow up, it changes. But somehow, if we don't change, we end up trying to control them in an environment that they have already changed. So the only cure there is godly, patient dialogue. So we talk, so, son, is it okay? Can we negotiate? I want you to improve yourself. You must have goals. I don't want to treat you like you were a little kid anymore, but I need to see you more responsible. And I need them to respond to that because they don't want me treating them like a little kid. Therefore, they should not act like a little kid, but sometimes it's a process. But the lust to control is ever-present. For those who are married, be careful. Do not control your spouses. Let God take over. Let God trust in the Lord. You cannot make them do things. Even though you dream of them to be somebody or something, you can just gently dialogue with one another. You know, that's more fun when you gently dialogue Number two, one hindrance to prayer is wrong motives. Wrong motives would be self-centric and worldly, as James defined it. And becoming a friend of the world makes one an enemy of God. Let's read verses 3 to 5. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. So, Prayers that are not answered. One reason the prayers were not answered because the motives were wrong. What were their motives? So that you may spend it on your pleasures. To spend it again on 
what I want. And, and there's a big difference between the true believer and the false believer. Because the false believer cannot put God's kingdom first. They cannot. They're unable, incapable. They're always worrying about their needs every day, every moment, what they want. But never about the glory of God, never about the kingdom of God, never about the expansion of the word of God or the gospel of Christ. That is not first in them. It is always about me. It's unthinkable because they are not true believers. A true follower of Jesus, Jesus said, follow me. There would be false followers. You see, when, when Jesus fed the 5,000, wow, the 5,000 were great. He fed us. Then Jesus gave a hard teaching. Then the 5,000 left except the 12. False believers are like that. When it's too difficult to listen to the word of God, they leave. They just select. Oh, I like this because this sounds like a blessing. Oh, this one I have to obey. Forget it. I don't want to listen to it. You ask and you do not receive because your motives are messed up. Will you pray for the glory of God? Will you pray that your life will be used by God? Will you pray that you will grow in the knowledge of God? And let your actions show it. Because the theme of James is that. Do not just be listeners of the word, but be doers of the word. You'll find that in James chapter 2. Verse 4. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God. What does that mean, friendship of the Please do not interpret it outside the context. The context here is selfish desires, self-centric desires. It's all about your plan. It's all about your plan for life, not his plan. It's all about your design, not his design. Self-centric is the way of the world. The way of the world is to be envy, to be envious, to be angry. Use that anger. It is self-promotion. It is Destroying the name of others to make your name look good or sound good. You ask with wrong motives. That's why you do not believe. And James said, you are adulterers. Oh, friendship with the world. If you're so comfortable with the ways of the world. You know the ways of the world? Envy, jealousy. That's why if you have problems, who do you go to? Who do you talk to? Is, are it those who know the word of God and would counsel us with the word of God? Because the word of God is our home. You hear me? It's my home. If I'm in trouble or I have problems, I want to be surrounded with people who can pray with me, not necessarily judge me, pray with me, correct me if I'm wrong, yet remind me of the word of God. Why? That is my home. If you would rather listen to the ways of the world, the advice of the world, which is not biblical, then what? You become a friend of the world, and that is hostility. Towards that hostility. What does that mean? You make yourself an enemy of God. Whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And I don't know about you. God, I like to be my friend, not my enemy. Ay nako, kahit magsuntukan mag kami ng, ng jablo, basta si Lord hindi ko kalaban. Kahit awayin niyo ako lahat, okay lang. Huwag lang si Lord ang kalaban ko. I don't know about you, but some people, they want to please the world. They bend their convictions. We cannot be an enemy of God. Self-centric pleasures is the way of the world. We have to be Christocentric, Christ-centric. Verse, verse 5. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. It's another word for saying God is a jealous God. God is a jealous God. Don't do the things of the world. Don't be filled with the things of the world. What's dangerous is some of the things of the world, teachings in the world, are coming into the church. The prosperity gospel is one of them, which is totally, really not biblical. Only a few parts are biblical, but they mislead people. What are the ways of the world? Be careful. We'd rather go for the ways of God. Therefore, our motives should be Christ-centered and not self-centered. 
and not worldly oriented. Why do you want to succeed? Why? Because you're inget, you're envious. That's the way of the world. Or you believe that is God's will for you. There's, it's really different. Totally different. I can imagine. Can you imagine before? My father was a politician, statesman. He's still helping the country in his way as president of YMCA, Philippines. When I became a believer, and he was not yet a believer, so in his mind are the ways of the world. What are the ways of the world? Well, if I'm a politician or a lawyer, then my son should be like that as well. Maybe he should continue on. Then he finds his son every day reading the Bible. And he saw that every day, and I think it disturbed, and he sat in front of me. Son, I'm willing that you do anything, but do not be a minister. The way of the world would seem that I should follow in his footsteps. But the way of God that was clear in my own life was to preach the gospel. Will I support myself financially? Yes, that's why I engage in, in trade. So I can support myself. But I'd rather please God. Of course, we know the story of that after a few years. No, many years, 12 years. He became a minister. And now he still preaches the word of God. God is a jealous God. I will not choose the ways of the world versus God. But some of us make the choice every day, the things of the world rather than God. But that is something we must reflect on because that is not wise. If we are comfortable with the unbiblical ways of the world, then God is our enemy. God is our enemy. Point number three, God gives greater grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. Verse six, let's read that. But he gives a greater grace. I love that phrase, greater grace. You see, everybody can be saved by grace, his grace. Those whom he has chosen, saved by grace. But here it says, greater grace. I like greater grace. God is opposed to the proud. He's against the proud. Who's the proud? We'll discuss later. It will be clearly shown. But gives grace to the humble. Now, we talk about hum, being humble. The title of this sermon is Broken and Humble. Therefore, we must fear God and humble ourselves. Otherwise, God will be opposed to us. Just before that, he said, he who is a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Then he continues to say that he gives greater grace. Opposite, suddenly. But continues to reinforce the proud God is opposed to. Number four. And verse 7, humility before God means submission to him. So, what does it mean to humble ourselves before God? Humility before God means submission to him and his will. The submitted soul can resist the devil and make him flee. Verse 7, please. Submit therefore to God. That is being humble before God. You submit. Submit to his authority. Submit to the authority of God's word. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How can you resist the devil? First, a submission to God. Now to those of you who love spiritual warfare, this is spiritual warfare. But first, it's submission to God. Resist the devil. How did Jesus resist the devil? There's only one clear path that scripture told us to how to resist the advances of the enemy. Jesus in Luke 4 and Matthew 4 spoke the word of God through the word of God. When the devil tempted him to create bread out of stones, he said, it is written. It is written. Man does not live on bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. The term it is written. Therefore, we must anchor ourselves, totally submit ourselves to God and anchor ourselves to the word of God. When we are tempted and tested, what do we do to resist the devil? First, submit to his word and then resist him using the word of God. 
to those who like to bind the devil, Matthew 16 and Matthew 18 is about church discipline, not binding the devil. So please stop binding the devil. I used to bind him and I realized it was wrong doctrine. Why? I keep binding him and he always gets away. It's not biblical. It says he resists through what? Clearly in scripture. That is the only clear thing that we saw there. Therefore, we must submit to his will. And that is a question. Submission to his will is a continuous thing. The more we learn of scripture, the more we submit. That's why we encourage you. Let us learn about the word of God. Because the word of God, we must feel at home. Learning more of the word gives us peace and joy. Why? Because we are more than willing to submit. We have decided that we submit because that is submission. Humbling ourselves before God is submission to his word. But how can you submit to his word when you don't know his word? When all you know is cliche Christianity. You know what cliche Christianity? Yung mga kasabihan lang. Oh, ba ang alam mo lang, have faith. Uh, yung mali pa yung alam mo, i-claim mo na. Name it and claim it. Yun pa yung alam mo, yung mali pa. But if you study his word according to context and the intent of the author, you will see the beauty of it. And once you see the clarity and beauty then submission is a continuous thing from you. Christ is our only model. When he resisted the temptations of the devil, he spoke the holy scriptures against every temptation. And what happens? The devil will flee. The devil will flee. Only God will bind the devil. Where in Revelations it says there, he will be bound and thrown into the abyss for a thousand years. It's in Revelations. He will do it, not us. So whoever taught us, we should ignore it. I repented of that sin because when I was much younger, I taught that. Bind the devil in Jesus' name. Number five, come close to God and he will come close to you. It's, it's wonderful saying. Come close to God and he will come close to you. How purify your heart of sin and doubt. Grieve over your sin. Do not take it lightly. Or make excuses. Let's read verses 8 and 9. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's amazing, really. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. How? Through emotionalism? No, 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 no. no. Didn't say emotionalism. Just cry? No, didn't say it. Didn't say that. Uh, just keep singing. singing. Sing a whole album of songs and you'll be closer to God. No, 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 no. Didn't say that. Uh, Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. How? First, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Cleanse, ask God for forgiveness of our sins. Next, remove double-mindedness. What's double-mindedness? You don't know what to believe, the word of God or your own opinion. Yung mahilig magsabi, sa tingin ko naman, sa tingin mo yun, pero hindi yun ang sinabi ng salita ng Diyos. Or you'd rather believe somebody else rather than the word of God. You cannot be double-minded. In James chapter 1, those who ask for wisdom cannot be double-minded. If you keep doubting and you're double-minded, then you will receive nothing from God. You either trust him as he is sovereign or not. If you trust in your own ways, please make up your mind. Will you trust in your own ways or you will lean not on your own understanding and trust him? What does it mean to be close to God, to draw near to God? Verse 9, let's read it. Be miserable and mourn. This is being broken because we sinned. If you don't think you sinned, then there's a big problem with you. It's clear all over scriptures. We are sinners. We deserve nothing. You think you're so spiritual? You are nothing and you deserve nothing. You think you're good because your intents are good? There is nothing good. Only Christ is good. And it's His Holy Spirit that changes us. We cannot do it on our own. So what do we do if ever we sin? Do you know that the neglect of Scripture, not meditating on Scripture, is a sin? Sometimes we just 
Grieve over the sin of others. Oh, may pinatay, may nanggahasa. Yes, those are sin and deplorable sins. But neglecting God is also a sin. And remember that God is a jealous God. That is sin. So what do you do? Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning. Not just crying because you're singing love songs to the Lord. But what? You're broken because of the sin you have. You do not make excuses. And if you make excuses, then something seriously wrong. It means I don't think you're saved. Because the one who truly understands the gospel, truly understand, I don't deserve anything. Nothing. My morality is nothing. Of course, I need to live a life that is upright and moral, but it still means nothing. I do it because of my faith in him, but that does not merit me anything. No points in terms of my salvation. Perhaps in my rewards, yes. But that is not the discussion here. We must be broken if we have neglected God or the things of God. Therefore, we must build our closeness with God. Not through emotionalism, but through sincere repentance and faith. I'm not against singing. Please do not get me wrong. But please support Good biblical songs. If you can't discern, ask me. And do not listen to the songs of those churches who preach false doctrine. Why? Can you imagine what one of them said? God needs us. Without us, he is just an abstract concept. Can you imagine the gall of that person? And he's one of the preachers of those three churches. I'm not here to elaborate all the false teaching, but every time you watch your, their YouTube, you're giving them money. They earn from that. And you're supporting false teaching. And I don't care if they sing good songs. Compose your own songs. Number six. All kinds of promotion comes from the Lord. The command is to humble the self and God will lift us up. Not man, but God. Verse 10 is the punchline. He, he created some introduction there. But verse 10 is one of the main messages. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. In the kingdom of God, the way up is the way down. You humble yourself, he exalts you. And this is also in the teachings of Christ. They who humble themselves shall be exalted and those who exalt themselves shall be humbled. And that is reflected in the earlier verses. God is opposed to the proud. I know that it seems that man affects our promotion at work and everywhere else. But the truth is God is sovereign. He is over your boss. Whether your boss is a good boss or not a good boss, he's over your boss. He's above your boss. You may be in business if you want God's promotion. The way up is the way down. How? How do you humble yourself? It says in the context, submit to God. Submit to the word of God. Of course, the Jewish believers believe in humbling themselves. The Jews would fast and pray. They would kneel. They, have, they, they believe prayer is not only in the heart, but also in the posture. That's why they kneel. Try kneeling down. Close the door in your room. I know you're all alone. Close it. Just kneel down and humble yourself. Lord, I don't deserve anything. Lord, I can't even change myself, but only you can. So I, I, I pray for the grace, your grace to change me. I want to repent. I can't even do that properly. So give me the grace to repent and have faith in you. And just move forward. The text warns us, yet the text gives us a promise. And when everybody is humbled because of the COVID-19... Church, I pray that our community would humble itself before the Lord so the Lord would bless us in his way. I pray that every family would learn that. Forget the conflict. Stop fighting for your own little pleasures against one another, but acting in wisdom, preserving the peace in the family and humbling ourselves before the Lord, submitting to the word and exalting him. 
And I do pray and believe if we are comfortable in humbling ourselves, grieving of our sin, it is the Lord who will exalt us as he exalted Abraham, as he exalted Moses and Joshua, as he exalted David and Solomon. Them, they are the people who humble themselves before God. As he exalted Samuel through the humility of the mother and even Samuel himself. God exalted. And those who exalted them, he turned down. And there were many. Saul, King Saul was one of them. He decided to not heed the words of God and do his own thing. He was rejected by God. There is no middle ground in Christ, friends. That's why I love God and I fear him. Because there's only blessing and curse. You only choose. But submission is a continuous thing. Humbling is a continuous thing. Let us pray. Let us all stand as we close. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that there is hope. And you have shown us the way. The way to spiritual promotion is humility. The way to the fulfillment of your purpose and plan for each of our lives is submitting to your will. Resisting the devil, but humbling ourselves before you. And your word says, you will exalt those who do. So Lord, teach us as we pray for wisdom. As we let go of the ways of the world, which is, you oppose the ways of the world. Which is self-centric pleasures. Teach us to find pleasure in you. Teach us to find pleasure in your will. Teach us to find the happiness as we talk to others about scripture. As we pray for one another and knowing that people pray for us and we pray for Allow our happiness to be there. That it be about you, not us. To you be the glory. Keep every family safe in Jesus Naga. To those who came, keep them safe from COVID-19 and others. Allow us, Lord, to recover financially, emotionally, socially, professionally, religiously from things that were stopped. Yet teach us to understand that the way, the way is your way. We come before you low. We exalt you. And we trust that you will exalt us in your way, in your time, not our way. Not our time, not the way we want, but your will. To you be glory. May the blessing of peace and protection be upon you always. May your family prosper in this time of need. May the blessing of peace and wisdom be in the family. May harmony rule in the family. But it is a harmony that is submitted to God. I pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Bless you. Take care. Palakpang natin ang Panginoon.